Welcome to Kansas City Confidential, a podcast where we hear from the people behind Kansas City's local restaurants, businesses, and personalities. I'm your host, Sari, and today's guest is Jason, owner of Black Hole Bakery. Black Hole opened in April of 2022, just weeks after the pandemic was in full swing. Despite the unknown, Jason, along with head baker Alyssa, decided to still open their doors. Thank goodness they did, because in less than three years, Black Hole has already been recognized as one of the best bakeries in the city. Here's Jason to talk all about their success and what it was like starting a business when there was so much uncertainty. Casey Confidential. Casey's Confidential. Welcome to the podcast. I am excited to have you on because not only am I a huge fan, but you and Black Hole have quite the following. For being a newer bakery in Kansas City, Black Hole is quickly becoming known as a staple in our city. I would love to hear more from you on your background and how you ended up becoming a baker. I, in my 20s, so I don't know if we're looking at like the early 90s, early to mid 90s, I spent a lot of time in kitchens. I spent a lot of time doing front of the house jobs, bartending, waiting tables, and a fair amount of time in kitchens too. And uh, that experience kind of stuck with me for, you know, uh, the entirety of of my adult life. I had to, quote unquote, grow up and get a real big boy job once um, I, I had a started a family in the late 90s. Uh, my son was born in 96 and it was time for me to uh, get something a little bit more stable, something with some health benefits and things like that. So uh, I worked for a company called DST, which was really big in the Kansas City area. So I basically worked in the corporate world for about 15 years. That was really good for me. It was good money. Again, it was it was stable, and then that kind of started wearing on me. So somewhere in the 2006, 2007 timeframe, I knew that I wanted to do something else. Getting back into food was definitely on the list, and it was a really long list. I tried a lot of different things. Uh, I mean, there just wasn't anything that I wasn't interested in. I dealt with some personal losses uh, in 2011, lost some really close people to me. And that was kind of a a real defining moment for me. During that time, I had just realized there was just no way that I was going to go back to that office environment. I needed some severe changes in my life. So I, at the time, I really didn't want to get back into a normal kitchen. I didn't really want to work that that nightlife. I just didn't think that was going to work out for me very well. Uh, I was a little bit older, and at the time, I felt like uh, I was a little too old to to be a cook or a chef, and then to work those late nights and still have like a meaningful relationship with uh, my son. But I still wanted to do food, and I really didn't know what that was. And I was doing a little bit of baking at home, but I taught myself how to bake some artisanal breads. And really, that was about the only thing that I was doing. I mean, I guess I had had experience with cookies and other things like that, but I wasn't really passionate about those things. I guess at that very given moment, it was bread. And I had it in my head that, you know, baking was so different than everything else food related, at least professionally. The hours were different. Obviously, it was earlier hours or overnight hours. And 
I, you know, I thought it was a lot calmer of a working environment. It was a little less hectic and less drinking and less yelling and, you know, now popularized by, you know, TV shows recently. But, and I think to a certain extent, I was right on. I mean, that was definitely the environment that I was more looking for if I was to do food at that given moment. So uh, I decided to take the first job that I could get with zero professional experience. And that was literally Panera Bread. And I did that for about six months. And I proved to myself that I could stand on my feet for 10 or 12 hours and, and proved to myself that I could run around and deal with the stresses of, uh, you know, timers and uh, workflow and a production schedule. And yeah, it worked out well. Um, I knew that that wasn't really doing it for me from a creative standpoint. So uh, I wasn't there very long. And then, you know, I took another job with uh, Dean and DeLuca, which was a great opportunity. And, you know, this was 2012 and I've been baking for somebody or some company ever since. And um, yeah, I mean, that's how I got into baking. That's how it all started. That's great. You were able to make that pivot and end up finding something that you love it's not easy to make big decisions like that, so I really applaud you for recognizing that you needed a change. I also want to add I loved Dina DeLuca. I was so sad when they announced they were closing. The chocolate dip coconut macaroons were one of my favorites. I used to always order that when I would go for lunch or for dinner. Uh, but I want to ask, what were your next steps after Dean DeLuca? Was it there that you started thinking about opening your own bakery? Dina DeLuca, as you probably remember, their holiday season was just maddening. It was the most ridiculous thing that I'd ever experienced. I mean, I was there for it. I was down. Uh, I took another job somewhere else to kind of do bread a little bit. And then I went back to Dean and DeLuca. Then I worked for, I just, I bounced around a lot. Honestly, it wasn't until, wasn't until, I didn't even know if I was going to bring this up or not, but I was fired from my last position. At that given moment, I didn't even know if I was going to be baking anymore. It was, you know, I was probably only 30 or 40% into the idea of opening my own space. I mean, that that was never a long-term goal. Because I didn't know how I was going to do that, I really didn't have a lot of dreams or aspirations to do that. Like, it, it, things just have to really make sense for me. And honestly... um, I had a really good network of people that I really loved working with. And for whatever dumb reason, they really liked working for me. That part of it was really good too. I had people that were interested. We, you know, we talked about it. Well, if we opened our own place, this is the kind of stuff that we would do. We should launch this. Should we make this? Should we sell this? And sometimes we'd be going, no, let's, let's not do this. Let's keep this for ourselves because one day we might use it. And, you know, I signed my lease at Black Hole Bakery, the building that we're at on Troost, I we signed that in July of 2019. I don't think we really, really strongly started considering uh, doing anything until probably February or March of that year. So, Black Hole officially opened on April 1st of 2022, just weeks after the first lockdown and when COVID was at one of its peak moments. What went into that decision of still opening despite the world around us basically shutting down more and more by the day. I mean, we didn't know what to expect. It was bad enough we didn't know what we were doing from a business perspective. You know, we barely had a menu put together. 
we didn't know what was going to happen with the pandemic. Did that mean a year or two or three years of no restaurants, no eateries? It took us a while to, to realize that, okay, this was just a kind of a new normal. And this is this was how business was going to be done. Like I said, we, we signed our lease in July of 2019. And we didn't have any plans to open until March of 2020. And the reason why there was such a large gap there was uh, a decent amount of build out. But that was dependent on basically me and, you know, one other person doing all the demo work and doing all the painting and all the construction and knocking down walls. And it was cheap. So we were able to do that. But we knew we weren't going to open until March of 2020. So unfortunately, we didn't have a choice. I was paying rent and uh, Alyssa, my my head baker, she had already quit her job and was working full time with me in March. You know, I had somebody to pay. Like, really, our only choice was just to say, screw it. And we opened and we cut back on a lot of things. We didn't hire a lot of people. I was just really content on, hey, on average, if we do $400 or $500 a day in business, we'll be fine. That'll be enough to pay you. That'll be enough to pay our rent. We can do that for a year. We can do that for two years if we have to. You know, that was kind of our contingency plan. You know, they might shut us down for six months. They might shut us down for a year, but I, I was pretty confident that we would make it through. How surprised were you in the beginning of the success the bakery was having, especially during this time of there's so much unknown? Were you surprised by the instant success you and your team were having early on? Uh, it didn't feel like instant success. It felt like a joke, honestly. You know, those first few few weeks it was lots of friends and families and and I had a lot of people that were super excited and it sounded great it sounded like people were going to show up and people really did people were lined up on day one there's no way we were going to sell out in an hour and a half every day like it was just it was impossible we figured that our friends and family would get over it get a little bit bored and okay, we'll we'll stop going on a daily basis and we'll start going once a week. And, and eventually the once a week would turn into once a month. And we figured it would just be this long slog of getting new customers and putting out really good stuff and trying to document it and putting it on social media as, you know, the best way we possibly can. And and I was completely wrong. Like we just we never slowed down. It was lines every day. And it seems like we sold out every single day for the first months and months. So when it dawned on me that it wasn't going to slow down, I went from denial to just terror. Uh, you know, we were already working like 70 hours a week, seven days a week, and there was no rest coming. I mean, it was it was really scary at that point, but we kind of got through it. And when we got through it and managed to hire some folks that we had already had planned on having on our team, you know, it still blows me away today. Yeah. I mean, this is our third year and it feels like three years. I mean, a lot of times it feels like yesterday, but no, I, I feel, I felt every one of those days. I felt every one of those months and it feels very much like a three year journey. And, uh, yeah, we're, we are hashtag blessed and, um, it's been kind of a wild ride. It's been pretty surreal. All of your hard work has really paid off because in the three short years Black Hole has been open and operating, 
Not only do you continue to sell out on a regular basis, but your bakery has been recognized in numerous publications. You have been featured in Feast Magazine, The Independent, Kansas City Magazine, in Kansas City Magazine, and The Business Journal. So all of your hard work of opening a business during this time of such uncertainty and not knowing what the future would bring has really turned out well for you and your team. Yeah, I, uh, I, I actually think the, the pandemic, I mean, I think it's a great story and I'm very, I'm so proud of uh, everything that we've done. Like it's, it's kind of amazing. Uh, it felt amazing at the moment. We were scared and ambiguity is always something that I, I just don't do very well with. I really like to have at least a general idea of what I'm doing. And even today, I really still don't feel like I do know what I'm doing. But I think it's a little bit of a myth. I think the pandemic actually helped us a little bit. And uh, families were at home all together. And, you know, they weren't going to movie theaters. They weren't going to restaurants. You know, the, the height of fear was, you know, really up there. And for good reason, like we just didn't know what to expect. And, you know, then it's all the political stuff. And then it's, you know, the masks, the no masks and all of that big mess. And, you know, the news coverage, it was it was scary. And we kind of kind of slept through it in a way like we were too busy to really know what was going on in the world. And we knew that there was horrors going on and it was it was bad. But at the end of the day, we had a city that was trapped in four walls with themselves and they didn't have anywhere to go and black hole bakery happened to be kind of the first place that people felt comfortable going to it was grab and go only it was pastries because of how we're set up you know people could get in and out really quickly and we were pretty diligent too we you know we kept the social distancing up and we did a lot of curbside and we did some deliveries and we did enough of all the good things and uh, people just felt comfortable going there. And that was one of the few places that, you know, other than the grocery store, Black Hole was kind of the first place that was a treat for people to go to. So it's hard to know, but I kind of feel like the pandemic helped us out a little bit. One of the menu items Black Hole is known for is the mochi donut. These donuts are unique and not like your regular donut you'd find in a donut shop. You carry them in a variety of flavors that often rotate seasonally. So can you explain a little more what a mochi donut is and why you decided to add it to your menu? They've existed for, at the at the very least, oh, I mean, documented from the early 90s. Um, I think the earliest documentation that's out there is like somebody in Hawaii using ingredients and influences from Japan came up with this mochi donut and they got that idea from, you know, Japanese and Singapore street food and Malaysia street food. And so this, this chewy donut made with rice flour, it definitely has existed for a really long time. But as far as like popularity and where it kind of started to become like a normal thing in the zeitgeist of culinary sweets and, and donuts and things like that. Uh, it was definitely the 90s and the early 2000s. I didn't know much about them until I spent many, many, many days sitting on the couch, unemployed, watching YouTube uh, or whatever videos or whatever content I was absorbing. Uh, I ran across 
and it was probably a street food thing. I, I really into street food, um, ethnic street food from the war around the world. And I started seeing these mochi donuts and they're, they look very different, uh, around the world. They don't look anything like what we do. I saw, uh, one recipe or it wasn't even a recipe. It was just a, a video, uh, showing how one person produced it. And I thought it was very interesting because they used this sticky rice flour or sweet rice flour or glutinous rice flour. Mochi actually means rice. So it's, it's really, really based on the rice flour. It's really based on the rice. And the mochi donut is really kind of a, a bastardization of, uh, a, you know, a traditional Japanese confection, which is just mochi, which is, you know, rice flour that's been worked and worked and mixed and worked and worked and kind of pulverized and gotten really sticky and really chewy. And they add, you know, really natural, pretty flavorings and colors to it. And it's more of a confection. It's more of a, you know, a candy. It's Japanese. It's the Japanese version of a, you know, a gummy bear. And so the mochi donut is really just a combination of that confection and the American style donut. You know, we had to take what we saw online and kind of incorporate that into some of the ingredients that we had on hand and try to fashion a, a recipe out of it. And uh, I don't know, it, it worked It worked out pretty quickly. Like it didn't take us very long to kind of figure it out. But to this day, I really don't even know if our mochi donuts are similar to anybody else's mochi donuts. I've never had anybody else's mochi donuts. You know, uh, it, they're available now across the city. Like, we're not the only ones making them now. We were for a while. But, I, you know, I haven't had a chance to go to Hawaii since we opened. I haven't had a chance to go overseas. So I, I really don't even know. It might be totally off. But that's kind of how it happened. It was an accident. I was intrigued by the ingredients. Black Hole Bakery was always supposed to be uh, a lot more donut. Um, and a little less pastry. You know, it was our dream to kind of have a half donut shop, half French style pastry shop, uh, something a little bit more chill than, um, you, you know, your typical croissants and puff pastries and things like that. We wanted something that was a little bit more accessible and a little bit more fun and kind of nostalgic. So our specialty wasn't donuts. Like we didn't have a lot of experience making donuts. I never worked at a donut shop. And I know it seems weird. Donuts are inherently a little bit more simple than than the crazy stuff that we do. But the crazy stuff is what we were really, really good at. We had years of experience in laminating croissant dough and puff pastry dough and making, you know, boiled bagels, uh, you know, from New York. And those were things that we knew really well. And although they're a little bit more complicated and a lot more labor intensive, we knew how to deliver that product. And so we didn't do any donuts. We have lots of donut recipes that are ready to go. And hopefully someday we'll be able to uh, reopen those, those recipes and, and kind of figure out a way to bring those to, to our uh, customers. But the mochi donut was like, okay, this is really neat. Let's, let's go ahead and at least do this one. It's gluten-free, which is really important because we don't do a lot of vegan or gluten-free items. So it was really nice to have at least one item that was a signature item unique and was gluten-free so um yeah i mean that's kind of how it happened it was really a uh an 11th hour decision i i think we were testing that recipe in january february 
you know, prior to us opening. So it was never really part of the plan. It just kind of ended up being part of the plan. Well, I can speak from experience that your mochi donuts are amazing. I've had a handful of flavors and each one was more flavorful than the next. I love that some of the flavors change seasonally because I think it uh, helps people coming back to see what you'll do next. As we've continued to talk about the delicious baked goods you and your team are producing, what is one of your favorite things on the menu? Ooh, uh, the, I mean, hands down, I, I, I'm pretending that I'm thinking, but the answer is always really easy for me. Uh, my, our palmiers are my favorite thing. They're probably visually and from a flavor perspective. I mean, they, they're simple. I mean, they're just very simple. It's literally just puff pastry dough that has, you know, instead of rolling it out and cutting shapes and, and topping it with, you know, pastry cream or frangipan or all kinds of different fillings that we use or, or fruits or vegetables or goat cheese or all the things that we use our puff pastry dough for. It's literally just rolled out and brushed in uh, some melted butter. And traditionally, it's just butter and sugar. We add a little bit of cinnamon to our palmiers. Uh, they're just, they're chewy and flaky and just very, very simple. Not very sweet. When you make pastries for 10 years, you, you you start leaning into the, like the savory and the things that aren't like s- super sweet. So that's kind of another theme that I think we have going. I don't feel like our pastries are overly syrupy or overly sweet, but I don't know the simplicity of a palmier. Yeah, that's definitely my favorite item. Uh, I sound so cheesy, but it really is. It's the craftsmanship. Like it just captures uh, the work of like laminating dough and it's, took us years and years and years to perfect that dough. And sometimes that dough is really hard to turn into something manageable because it really is a good, it's a really great dough and it just puffs up so much. And it's, uh, it's sometimes kind of hard to work with because it kind of has a mind of its own when you bake it. It's just so simple and wonderful and everybody should uh, eat more of them. When you are not working and get a break from baking and running a kitchen, what does life in Kansas City look like for you? Well, I kind of have to correct you a little bit. I don't do a lot of baking that much anymore. It's sad, but uh, I can't allow anybody to think that, that I am trying to let on that I do a lot of baking. I do work a couple of the busy shifts every week where I do the bake, but honestly, usually frying mochi donuts or glazing or topping things because uh, there's people in our bakery that do it so much better than I do. And uh, they do it every single day. But that's not really what you asked me. But I just wanted to be honest and fair to everybody. I have some really great, I have some great folks that I work with and um, they really do deserve all the credit when it comes to the production and the baking. And I do spend a decent amount of time in the kitchen, but I'm usually not doing anything all that productive anymore. So, but to answer your question, there's, there's the answer of the things that I I would like to be doing more of, you know, I love uh, going out to eat and I love going to live shows and music shows and concerts. And it's been a pretty tough, tough few years, you know, like I just haven't had a lot of me time or free time. And, you know, I've been trying really hard to kind of reconnect with folks and rebuild or 
start enjoying some of those friendships that I still have or used to have. And I don't do a lot of very specific things. It's usually food. I mean, it's always food. We're going out to eat, you know, maybe we're having a few beverages, but it's usually food. As a foodie, food is one of my favorite topics to talk about. So what are some of your favorite restaurants in Kansas City to eat out at? Ooh, um, I'm kind of proud to say that we've been trying really hard to try new places. I knew, I, I know that, you know, over the course of the first couple of years we opened, there was all these new places that were just coming and starting and opening. And, you know, I think our favorite places right now are, oh, we love going to Dodson's and we love having a Cosmo burger. I mean, if you ask me that same question daily, you know, over the course of a month, I'll probably have a different top five thing, but Cosmo Burger is probably always going to be one of the first ones. It's definitely going to be in that list consistently. I've been really addicted to Waldo Thai lately. You know, classics like uh, Waldo Pizza, West Side Local. Uh, I love going to Yoli and grabbing some snacks from there and tortillas. And I really, really love just good old Tex-Mex on the boulevard. And I, and I can't believe I didn't think of Baba's Pantry. That's one of my absolute favorites and we try to bribe them with like pastries all the time and and they take really good care of us and and they're a half a mile away from us and they're obviously one of our uh new favorites in the neighborhood uh what they do there is just outstanding those are all great places and i'm right there with you on cosmo burger i live dangerously close it is a quick walk for me just to Pop into Dodson's and order a Cosmo burger and tots. What Jacob Kruger has done there is awesome. And that is another Kansas City establishment that is newer in the last couple of years and has already gained so much recognition for being one of the best burgers in the city. So I'm in total agreement. I love, I love Cosmo burger. But getting back to you and your pastries, the holidays are coming up. Uh, they're right around the corner. Are there any specials Black Hole is offering that listeners should keep an eye out for? We definitely will have some specials for the Christmas holiday. And, um, you know, I say Christmas, it's, it, it'll be definitely a holiday menu, not just Christmas. Uh, we might have, geez, I don't even, I don't want to commit to anything. <laughs> I don't really know. Uh, I can say unequivocally that we are definitely going to have some sort of a fruitcake this year and in black hole bakery fashion it's going to be very 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 different than the fruitcakes that you may or may not see i don't do, do fruitcakes even exist anymore it's funny you should ask because i was just thinking about how i have never actually had one myself so probably not the best person to ask if they are still even in existence I really, I really don't know either, but you know, in the eighties and the, maybe the early nineties, they used to be these really kind of dark molassesy looking loaves of like quick bread, you know, it was kind of the shape of a, a banana nut bread or, you know, whatever, but it was wrapped in like Christmas foil and you'd cut into it and they would have these like bright neon red and green pieces of dried fruit in them. And they were just obnoxiously died with you know red number five and whatever that green was and they were really awful but i really loved them at the same time 
it's funny because we we joked this year like everybody kind of knew what they were but nobody could remember the last time they had ever eaten one or even the last time they had seen one but we're definitely doing a fruitcake this year and when you see it, it you're going to recognize it as a fruitcake but it's going to be a lot different than what you used to get in the 80s so um and i only know that because i've already purchased all the fruit for that item I will be honest, I have never felt like I was missing out on eating fruitcake because they just never looked that appetizing to me. As you just said, you know, the bright colored fruit inside just was not super appealing. But hearing you describe what you plan to do differently with your fruitcake, I don't know, maybe this is the year I actually try fruitcake around the holidays. And I just love what makes you different from other bakeries is that you always have this unique spin on a classic baked good. I love that you guys are just really innovative with what you're doing, constantly producing things that are classics, but with a twist. And I think that's really what keeps people coming back as well. As we mentioned earlier, you do continue to sell out the second your doors open, there is a line wrapped around inside. So a tip for Listeners who have not yet tried Black Hole, I really do recommend getting there right when they open, especially if you have something specific you want to try because there's no guarantee like being the first in line to get something. So as crazy as it sounds, I do recommend getting to Black Hole if you are able to getting there right when they open. But again, Jason, just want to say to you, I really love Everything you guys are making, you and your team, you do such an awesome job, and I have loved every single thing I have tried from Black Hole Bakery. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, We do sell out a lot, um, particularly it's a little hectic on the weekends, so if you're you're wanting to come by and you haven't been before and you're wanting to come by on a Saturday or Sunday, we open at eight o'clock on Saturdays and Sundays, and I would recommend coming early. The, the line starts happening, you know, 20, 30 minutes before we open. And, you know, an hour, hour and a half into it, we will start running out of things. Um, during the week, it's not so bad. We're open Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, and we open at 7 a.m. those days. Not nearly as crazy on those days. So if you wanted to sleep in a little bit, you're probably safe. We'll usually have just about everything up until, you know, 11 or noon. Um, But yeah, if you really want to get that full experience and you want to see everything in that case, I would recommend getting there as close to open as possible. Everyone should check out Black Hole Bakery. They are open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. and Saturday and Sunday, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Besides the mochi donuts, my favorite thing on the menu is the birthday cake croissant. It is absolutely amazing. It has sprinkles on the inside and it's topped with them as well. So for anyone who loves birthday cake flavored things, this is a must try. You can follow Black Hole on Instagram at Black Hole Bakery. And as always, you can follow me on Instagram at Casey Viceri and we'll see you next week. Casey's Confidential, Casey's Confidential, yeah, Kansas City's best, Casey Confidential. 
Confidential.